mobile monster, nine millimeter morph. Mixed gel and Maltic footprints of a Chinese Trojan horse. Fever, JJ's fever, around the Coca-Cola calls. Mickey Dollar Dream. Hi, is that Brian? It is, is that Arnold? I do believe it is. <laughs> That's marvellous. Good timing, because I've just walked in, fed the cat, and poured myself a, um, a glass of water, so it's good timing. You're English. Yes, I was uh, born and raised in London. I got yeah. to hear you the first time around. Yeah, you did. It's 1974. You would have been... I was 24. So a, a very a very impressionable age. Listening to Pinball, it was it was you know, I think autobiographical for a lot of us. <laughs> yes, it's funny how it struck a chord with so many people because it was such a personal thing for me. But I suppose everyone um, everyone responds to a story about loneliness and um, unemployment and you know being dumped by your girlfriend and, and um, animals eating bread, <laughs> yeah, um, it, all sorts of um, things seem to have struck a chord. And it's sort of, amazingly, it's sort of chugged on down the years, 40, over 40 years now, mm. and it still appears in the odd uh, compilation. So it's, it's a lovely thing to be associated with. Yeah, and especially because uh, technology has moved on and uh, <laughs> pinball yeah. is hard to find. <laughs> The old pinball machines we used to play and bash. In oh, the, the old uh, pinball, yes. Oh, exactly, yeah. You know, no, that, I used to do that all the time. I was obsessed with them. I used to, I used to play on a thing called the Black Knight. Um, that was not what I. That was a little bit later on. And I, there was a there was a pub near I was where I was living in Covent Garden in London. 
that had a pinball machine. I can't remember what the name of it was, but it was uh, it was quite compelling. And uh, I'd go and pick up the pale ale and um, and play pinball for half an hour. <laughs> and how often did you get um, another game? Oh, well, I got quite good at it. Ah. I can't remember now. It was the, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lovely way to spend to, to waste half an hour um, on balls. Um, flipping around <laughs> a little box. <laughs> Don't know why. But it seemed to, to resonate in all sorts of ways, like being feeling like a big ball. I think so. Yeah. You know, a story. I mean, that's the, the basis for, for everything we've got, uh, stories. And, uh, and I think that really yes. encapsulated, uh, you know, the whole thing. And obviously, the um, we'll get into, like, how you produced it and all those overlayers, maybe in a bit. But yeah. uh, but first, uh, let me um, just say now, being uh, British, I always ask my British um, interviewees, because um, yeah. everyone in America wants to know, is what tea do you drink and how do you drink it? No, I don't drink tea, don't mind <laughs> tea. I only ever drink coffee. Okay. Well, I say it, no, that's not true. I drink, um, oh, no, let me see, I'm looking Nothing in the cupboard. <laughs> this wonderful, there's a, there's a thing called yogi tea. I don't drink what normal, I, I think Yorkshire tea or builder's tea or whatever they call it. Right. Um, no. Oh, that's it. I've dropped the coffee pot. <laughs> okay. um, oh, it's things like uh, mint and licorice. There's, there's one. I can't remember the name. The oh, it's, it's yogi tea, of course. Egyptian licorice and mint. That's what I drink. Ah. As well as lots of coffee. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, just on uh, obviously, uh, uh, how's it going over there today? Is how's the uh, black armbands going in um, in England? Oh, God. Well, I've, I've I've almost forgotten about it. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I do I do partially blame myself because I forgot to put on my waistcoat watching the game. <laughs> well, funny enough, my wife did and I didn't. I, I came back and she was wearing a waistcoat. I said, what are you doing with that? She said, Gareth, what, what do you mean? It's waistcoat time. No support the boys. You know, I was looking, I noticed that you uh, were born in uh, Salisbury. And, I um, was, yeah. And that's in the news right now uh, with all that nerve agent oh, stuff. Is, yeah. uh, got any, in fact, I went... Yeah. yeah, no, I, um, last week I was down there just after the event, before I heard. No, no, it was actually the day that I heard that there was um, uh, a new um, problem there with the, with that drug. Um, and I was, in, I was in Salisbury, I visited um, a, a relation of mine just outside Salisbury and then went in for a, um, a nostalgic wander around the town. And... Um, I passed this uh, piece of green called the Queen Elizabeth Gardens, and it was all had police cordons around it and uh, police tape. I thought, "What's going on there?" And it finally clicked across. No, it's also the centre of a lot of attention because of that. Right. But it's a, it's a lovely, quiet town. It's it sort of doesn't go with the with the character of the town at all. Well, it's true. It's a very special town. Uh, I'm, I'm into ley lines and yeah. all those things, and it, it's a very special oh, yeah. place. Um, uh, Salisbury, just like Stonehenge. Yeah, that's right. Yes, uh, and it's nice to have uh, good feelings about where you were, where you were brought up. I mean, a lot of people can't wait to get away from where they were brought up, and I, I love it. I have good good associations with it. Well, let's go back. Inspired you uh, from a young age. What was that? Uh, that move through that transition into um, your uh, music well, career. Well, uh, I mean, acting, acting, and music kind of went went together. There's a sort of parallel journeys with with acting sort of taking over most of the time. Hmm. Um, but I learned to I had piano lessons when I was um, uh, sort of early teenager, um, and around sort of fifty eight, fifty nine, started playing the guitar, and then. Later, I was in was in a rock band in 1961. Mm. Uh, in a folk in a folk band um, in '65, uh, when the folk folk club scene was 
uh, quite quite rich in London. So yes. I dropped everything in Salisbury and came out to London with uh, the two guys.
And, and it was at the same time that Paul Simon was going around. We had the same agent, in fact. Oh, okay. And I remember playing uh, playing in a pub in Highgate uh, with him. And he was the top of the bill, and we sort of finished the first half. And I remember, I remember traveling on the tube with him. Ah. Very funny, nice memories. And I think the following day, we met Art Garfunkel in Soho Square, and I was 21. My mother had sent me a birthday cake, a tiny birthday cake, <laughs> and we shared, the three of us shared my birthday cake with Art Garfunkel in Soho Square. It's a nice story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. So, yeah. A girlfriend got me into amateur dramatics. Uh-huh. In the mid-60s, I was spotted by someone in the professional theatre in Salisbury. They offered me um, a place in the company, and I was there for about seven months, and then wrote around. At that time, the, the rep system um, mm. was very strong in, uh, in Britain, and you could, I mean, you could spend up to two years in a, in a, a refugee company. Um, and it was almost sound like a real job. <laughs> um, so I wrote round to all the, the various rents. I got offers from a couple of them. I went up to Lincoln then, then on to Edinburgh, Exeter. And you sort of, I, rather than going to drama school, that was the way in. So it was amateur theatre. And then straight into small parts in, uh, in rep theatre and just sort of building up a career then. All the time, I was well. I met a, um, uh, a fellow actor and musician in Lincoln when, when I was in a company there. Who, who we and we started writing together. Martin Duncan. Oh yes, and yes. And, and so we a lot of the early stuff were his lyrics and uh, my music. And now he's a famous opera director. He's, he's just been in Bond directing something. He's been to Russia. He's all over the place. But we still, we, and we still see each other. And we, there's possibility that we've, we've been trying to get a musical off the ground based on you know, some of my songs. But that uh, has yet to come to fruition. Oh, I would love that one. <laughs> yeah, Capital Radio was responsible. Kenny Everett specifically was responsible for making that here initially. Oh, really? Um, he, played it, he played it on Capital all the time, yeah. Which is great. Well, yes. And then it sort of, yeah, trickled down the years. And just keeps going. Well, nothing goes away anymore, does it? Mm. No. Well, I was thinking, the same year that Pinball was released, do you, do you remember Chris Rainbow? I think he was Christopher Rainbow then. He had a, uh, a single called Solid State Brain hmm. that also Kenny Everett played to death okay. uh, on Capitol. And I've just, I've just been listening to him again, and um, he's sort of gone out of fashion. He was a, a, a wonderful singer and composer and so made some great records. I'm in jail And my music bores me once again And I've been on the pinball And I no longer know it all And they say that you never know When you're insane Got fleas in the bedroom Got flies in the bathroom And the cat just finished off the bread so I walk over Soho And I read about Monroe And I wonder was she really what they said Got a call from a good friend Come on down for the weekend Didn't know if I could spare the time I knew a woman who was crazy About a boy who was lazy But it didn't work out Cause they just couldn't make it rhyme
What were you listening to? Because um, you seem, like, you know, obviously you, you were deeply in uh, musical theatre and things like that. But uh, what, you know, what were you listening to uh, at the same time? The Beatles, the Beatles, and the Beatles <laughs> mainly. I mean, that was uh, that's the main influence. I mean, I, for all sorts of reasons, their eclecticism mainly was what has influenced me. I mean, mm-hmm. you'd. You, you never knew what was coming up next, whether it was going to be um, uh, an Indian music or rock and roll or a, a, a music hall or, you know, mm-hmm. um, something extraordinary. They they were huge influence, um, particularly Sgt. Pepper and Abbey Road. What else was I listening to? Well, I, I, was, I was gathering different styles. I went in a church choir and loved to sing. Uh, choral music um, when I was in a choir. Um, I loved jazz, Dave Brubeck. So there was lots of different different things that interested me. But I mean, it was mainly the Beatles, I must say. Yeah, wow. Folk music, I was, I, mean, I, was in a, I was in a folk group, as I say, when in the mid-60s. And then I also joined the Albion Band oh. in 1979 and played and gigged with them for a bit, playing clarinet of all things. Wow. And they're still going as the, uh, they call themselves the home service now, or a version of what was then the Albion Band. But yeah, I have a vague memory of, I used to go to, you know, Bunges and Lake Cousins and uh, all those clubs. And I have a vague memory of the FBI, you know, that name, um, I must admit. Yeah, FBI, yes. Folk Blues Incorporated, yeah. Yeah. We were... um, we were hanging around. I, recently, someone uh, got in touch with me. They were making a compilation um, CD of folk music from that particular year, 1965. Hmm. And they wanted to include um, a, 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 a song that we... Well, we did a cover version of When the Ship Comes, Bob Dylan's When the Ship Comes In. Hmm. And so that's... So they asked me if I could put them, they could put that on this, this compilation. Coming up through and... Um coming up to the time when you were, the whole pinball thing happened. I mean, this, it was yeah. a happenstance. Could you lead us through that and, and how that um, worked? I was um, acting in um, a play called Death on Demand. It was uh, 1972, mm-hmm. and we were touring, and I was playing a pop star, mm-hmm. and the writer of the, of, of the, the show had written a lyric for a song he wanted me to sing. I wrote that I wrote music for it. I made a little demo. He went nuts about it and took it round to, I think, Decca and Chrysalis and one other record company. I've forgotten. And Chrysalis, anyway, took took it up. And at the time, I'd made some uh, some home demos, but one of them being Pinball. Four, four songs, and they uh, they liked them, and, and Chrysalis took, took me on as a result of that, as a result of those four songs, and put uh, Pinball out fairly soon. 
for me, uh, certainly something, you know, apart from obviously, you know, beautiful music, um, amazing production on that first album. I mean, all your albums, um, always everything so crisp and clean and clear, nothing's muffled. I love that. Uh, how do you work with that? Well, I'll tell you who's responsible for that. And I just, he is just, um, there's a, an engineer called Richard Dodd, hmm. and he lives in Nashville. And every time I, na I now do uh, uh, things at home or with a friend of mine, I speak, he masters them free. He's a very, very generous man. Yeah. And I just, I just sent him some. Uh, I've been working on a new, um, a new project, and I sent him some stuff. And he's, uh, I just had them back, and they're wonderful. He was the engineer with uh, um, Del Newman, who was quite a successful uh, producer, string arranger, string arranger, brass arranger. Worked with Elton John and you know all the big boys in the early seventies. So the two of them, but Richard was very thorough and. Hmm. A very accomplished engineer, even then he was very, very young. Um, but he's responsible for that sound. Mm. I recently got hold. I don't know. Have you heard back the, the new version of a song called "Back Away"? And I've done a remix of. Hmm. I don't think so. No. Well, it, it was. Uh, there was it. It was one of two. Uh, there was one new song, and this song called "Back Away." Which was actually the B side of a, of a single called "Running Through the City" in 1976. Oh yeah, I know the "Running Through the City." Yeah, and it, it well, it was the B side of that, and it was never released on that album. And several people have said, you know, it's never been we not we can't get in touch with we can't get hold of it digitally, and it's not on any other record. So I got hold of the 24 track. Uh, multi-track had it digitized and worked on it with a friend of mine and it turned and we put a, we put a horn section on it and it sounds absolutely fantastic mm. and, and and richard did some work on that as well um yeah so it was it was mainly richard's uh, he, he was um he was responsible for that great sound yeah. there was something wrong with the, the in inverted commas wrong with the drum sound Hmm. And he did explain what it was. There they was something to do with the the noise reduction. They were changing noise reduction systems, but it was it, so it was he kind of fiddled it and made it made it unique. I don't know. Anyway, huh, works for me. No, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, no good. And I had a lovely guitar as well. That's uh, I don't know a Martin D twenty eight, and that sounded great in the studio. What year is that? It was. I bought it in nineteen sixty. Two, so it's from that year. Oh. It's been it, I've sold them since. Oh. Um, but, but I was in the recording studio with it, and I've now got a very similar uh, Martin, which is um, acoustic electric. Well, when the trash man scratches your back, do you like it? Does the hip lip make you trip or do you fight it? Well, do you tend to get the jingles in the jungle? Well, do you find that you're afraid of the maze? When the man with the plan put the money in your hand, do you hear a little whisper and you say, you better back away? When the hobo say hello, do you hear him? <laughs> if the choo-choo talk to you, do you fear him? Well, did you get a little worried at the party? When the stranger asked you if you were gay? Well, did you fret? Did you sweat to have another cigarette? Do you hear a little whisper in his head? You better back away. Better back away, my love. Better back away. You better back away, my love. Better back away. Yes, I. If the case book hates your luck, do you fight on? 
piano as well yeah do you have a preference of a piano i tend now to work to play the piano more than i do the guitar or so <laughs> i've just been i just had a recording session today with, which is with a friend of mine it, it's a, the song that i've been working on is a guitar based song which i've had around for like 10 years <laughs> finally decided to do something with it and it's a very it's sort of Latin jazz, uh, quite an intricate finger picking, uh, very complicated chord. So I've almost been relearning the guitar, but mostly I play. Uh, I play the piano now, and uh, generally write on the piano. Pinball, obviously, pinball was you know was a pretty big hit, but um, you, I suppose you, I mean, you kept on being a, per se, uh, you know, musician, pop singer, but then. What made you eschew such things? Or as well, well, as it, 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 well, the record company eschewed me. But, um, <laughs> you see, I think the thing was that I wasn't—I I was not really comfortable in the whole world of the record business. I mean, I love being in the studio, um, but all the hype that went along with it, with that, and, you know, what you had to wear, what you had to do—you you know, you, you couldn't. I got to sing live on top of the pop, so it wasn't always the best right. sound. But it was many, it was many of the people in in the regular business. They, they, were, they were all right, but I just was I was used so used to being in the world of the TSM. I, 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 that was really mm. what was a, the centre of who I was, and I never felt completely comfortable except when I was in this actually in the studio recording. Oh. Uh, with with top session musicians and that that was fine, but everything else that was associated with the record business, uh, I just didn't feel comfortable with. I made three albums, uh, and then in 1976, after the third album, I think Chrysalis wanted me to go on to do an American tour <laughs> of um, of colleges 
It just, I just didn't feel, I, I can't remember why, but we didn't agree on the size, or the size of the band or some sort of conditions. Mm-hmm. And eventually they just dropped me. And I wasn't writing. I, I couldn't write to order. And they wanted to hear another, uh, what they thought was a, was a hit, what they regarded as a hit. They wanted another pinball, in other words. And uh, I I mean, by that time, I was reasonably successful as an actor. I was, you know, on a, a fairly successful trajectory. And so it, it just sort of went away. It, was, it, it became second best. And it's always been there on my shoulder. But um, I, did, I didn't want to make it my main career. Acting was where my heart was. And, and although music is still in my heart, it sort of it just has a kind of in the background a little bit most of the time i was so happy you know i had just had the one album over here of uh, pinball but then in what 97 yeah. the box set came out and uh, that oh, was yeah. sort of like oh thank goodness you know <laughs> Finally, yes, well, uh, it, the, the uh, with that box set there was a a bonus cd of bits and pieces of demos and now that's not available, and so I, and I, the rights of those songs have, have, have come back to me, and um, and I'm going to I just had them mastered, uh, remastered, and so I'm going to put those out in some form or, or other um, again. Oh, just wonderful uh, songs there, Cold Harbor, and you know all of them. I think. Cold Harbor, yes. Oof. Well, Richard Dodd, I just sent him Cold Harbor with a couple of other tracks, and it, it it's come back. I was contemplating re-recording it, but it, there are elements of, about it which I like so much, and Richard has done such a great job. It sounds like a, a remix, and it's only a, it's only a master remaster. Mm. Um, but he's brought he's brought the track to life so brilliantly. So yes, I'm particularly fond of that song. I think it was probably more influenced by Sting and the Police. The subjects of your where, where do the um, where do they come from? Where do the lyrics uh, jump up from? I know some are obviously from because uh, you've had to write them for theatre, but uh, otherwise, how do they jump out at you? I do, I've got no idea. It's a bit <laughs> through the industry. I mean, they, some you, you think of a cold harbour, for instance. I live in um, near Brixton, South London, and there's a road called Cold Harbour Lane. Oh yeah. And every time, every time I pass Cold Harbour Lane, I'd look, look at it. I think, what a great song title that would make. <laughs> And so I started with a song title and that particular, um, oh, I think also David Lynch uh, series, Twin Peaks, the, the, the guitar stuff on the, on the theme between Twin Peaks was also an influence on that. So I started with the, with the, with the name Cold Harbor and that, and that riff. And then you just, uh, it's just stream of consciousness. A lot of my songs are just stream of consciousness. You start, you've got a tune and you just sing anything until it starts to spark other images from what you've sung, some nonsense that you've sung. I mean, sometimes I just leave it as nonsense. It's, it's just letting your, your mind flow free. I mean, just most of it. Can't think of, because I wrote, I wrote a lot of um, pantomime songs as well, but that's, that's a completely different process. Because um, I used to write with a guy who wrote the lyrics, and he, he just sent me the lyrics in the post, and I'd, I'd write, I'd write the music to him. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a di- different, different ways of, of writing. Yeah, um, so Kinotata uh, is one of those nonsense ones. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yes, that was a, a friend of mine, was Martin Duncan, who oh. wrote this little surrealist, dadaist um, cabaret called Kinotata. Hmm. And I thought it was quite fun. I was quite keen on, um, uh, quite influenced by him artistically. Um, he was a sort of fan of surrealism, as was I, and, and, and Dardaist stuff. So, you know, that's it's the whole, and all gets mixed in.
Another day, another sky, another hope, another lie, another wind, another tide. The sailor sang, the captain cried, and as we watched the bone white moon across the bay, there was nothing we could say. Martin, but you've worked with some uh, amazing and, and say Richard Dodd and some amazing other musicians over the years from Ian Anderson, yeah. And Ian Anderson, yeah, Barry Morgano, both from Jeff Hotel on one track. Ian was, Ian was great because I was asked by Christmas to do a dinner and uh, uh, um, a Christmas dinner. I was asked to play at the dinner and I was, re- I got a little band together and, and rehearsed. And we got there on the night, and Ian Anderson could see how nervous I was, <laughs> and uh, and can calm me down. And uh, he did a great job on that particular track in the studio too. He's a perfectionist. He's a great guy. Huh. That's why he likes fishing most probably. Yeah, he can. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was in the studio. You loved it when you worked in that vein of of the music um well but then you did transition over in, into um theater and cinema my goodness you even were in the film superman wow superman yeah <laughs> the reason and the reason i the reason i was in superman was because my agent found me out and said i think it was very short notice and the, the guy that was originally cast as the co-pilot couldn't do it 
and he was the same size as me. So I got the part because I was the same size as the guy <laughs> who left it. And also, they it was filmed at Pinewood. Uh, they dubbed my voice with this sort of Mickey Mouse American accent. <laughs> I think everyone had to be dubbed because there was so much noise with the with the the, the crew bouncing us up and down in this this um, this cockpit. But that was good fun. Yeah, no, it's I've had a funny old career. It's been it's been very eclectic and and now I'm 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 doing a lot of voiceovers these days. Oh, and there's a. There's a song, there's a, there's a, um, a channel called Channel 4 here. You know Channel 4. Oh, yes. Um, and they do a, pro, there's a, a reality program called First Dates. And, I, and I, I've been doing the uh, narration for that for the last three, over three years now, which is, uh, which is very nice. And I got some more, I got, I got to do an audio, um, an audio play uh, next week or the week after, I can't remember. And so there are various bits and pieces. I also have been in the theatre this year, at the beginning of the year. I played Claudius in Hamlet, in a very good production in Bolton. Um, so, you know. that's Yeah, that's quite a, a range, you know, from pinball to Hamlet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it's all about the voice. Um, how do you treat your voice and look after it? Uh, I don't, particularly, <laughs> because I don't sing enough to worry about it, but... <laughs> When I'm when I'm doing some recording, I was introduced to this the American um, method of, of warming a voice up called yeah speech level singing. I think it's called. Okay. I've got a series of exercises that I do, which seem to seem to help. And drink plenty of water. And when I heard the old track that I told you about, Back Away, which was the Okay. I mean, I, I couldn't possibly sing that now because I, I've lost this top three or four notes in my range. So yeah. I, I, I sing a lot lower now. But when, you, when you're writing as well, you write within your abilities as a singer. Mm. Do, does the music still come out of you, the songs? Um... Well, it's funny, I, I have been. I mean, for the last year, I mean, I, I, um, I worked on these two tracks. There's one track called Don't Look Down. And the other track was the remix of Back Away. And that went out as a single on April the 6th and has been doing really well on Spotify and iTunes and so on. So um, particularly Back Away, actually, it's got a huge amount of of, um, listens uh, and downloads. And this, um, this collection of songs, which was on the bonus track of Brian's Big Box, that one that with the, 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 the three um, 70s albums, some of those tracks I've just had, as I say, remastered and I'm putting those out with, with one new song I'm working on at the moment, mm. a friend of mine. So uh, music's, you know, still around. And I play, I play the piano every day. And I play, I mean, I love uh, the old, old American songbook, um, all the great American songwriters. Uh, and I've got a series of the, the old fake books with the real jazz chords in. Oh, so I like, work, I like working with those. What plan? Do you ever think of going out, um, you know, on a, a musical tour again or doing it, uh, anything I'm, different? I'm going to do, I think I'm going to do a concert. I'm going to mm. do a concert at the end of this year. Huh. Uh, I did one about oh, eight years ago now, a place called The Troubadour, in, uh, that, which used to be a folk club in the 60s. Right. And in the end, and I did, um, I got a small band together and, uh, and did a gig there. And I think, I think I might do that again this year. Depending on the active work, really. Yeah, let me know. Yeah, I'd love to know uh, if that's happening. I'll be down. The consequence of this against the consequence of that means nothing to your average cat and all of your philosophy is just about as good to me as heartburn. But if it rains and it rains and I feel real moody and the milk's gone sour and the pooch is off his duty just a toot on my flute and the doodle with my Judy makes the tide turn. She's so thick and creamy, thick and creamy, baby. She's so thick and creamy all of the time. She's so thick and creamy, thick and creamy, baby. She's so thick and creamy all of the time. You're my thick and creamy, thick and creamy, baby. You're my thick and creamy all of the time. 
I can complicate the matter And if I eat fat then I get fatter Once to a guru who thought he found the answer down a coal mine But if my car won't start and the boss is on my back And if the GP tells me I'm gonna have a heart attack A moon and a tune and a lot of water like I'll make the sunshine Future, do you have any like special things you got planned? Uh, some project you've worked on for a long time, or something uh, you want to? Well, it's a, this, uh, this musical. When I did the the, um, the gig in the in the Troubadour, it was 2012, 13, I think. Um, Martin Duncan, who I used to write with, came to see it. We we met for a coffee the day the week after, and he just happens in conversation to say, well, it's still great songs. They'd make a great musical, <laughs> some of them. Um, so we, I, I found a producer, and we got in touch with uh, a writer's agent, and we found a writer who, um, uh, who listened to the songs and had an idea for a story, and we started working on it. But apart from that, no, just keep working as an actor, uh, keep doing the voiceovers and keep writing songs, you know, when when the mood takes me. <laughs> this has been amazing. I've just, uh, I say, I've enjoyed your, let's see, now it's, yeah, what, 44 years now since that came, uh, yeah. first heard you. So it's just, it's very special for me to be able to, uh, you know, chat with you and, and, and yeah, see where oh, you're coming from. Nice, nice to talk to you, yeah. Yeah, keep on doing it. You're a very exceptional talent. I've always tried to, um, you know, promote you over here. You know, saying you got to listen to this guy. You know, and people usually are, yeah, usually agree. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. It's great. My pleasure. And just keep on doing it. And uh, thank you so much for this interview. And um, thanks, Arnold. Well, thank you so much, Brian. And I uh, really appreciate it. Um, good luck with you. My, okay. my pleasure. Right. Thanks for the kind words. See you. Okay. Bye. 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 I spend life knocking on wood when I cross under a when I cross under a black cat crossed, greetings are fatal. I shall never forget people I knew long, long time ago. I worry that I'm an Happy and entire day I fear the good and bad news Ah, so beautiful is the new face on the boulevard I like the smell of the skin of children I lie when I say I have learned Exotic but smooth Tropic but cool The mood is mixed And the mixture is new Shoes are by Tootsie I think flying is me 
I love to play, like I love to lie, because it's a degree of truth, and play is a degree of yourself. Hard to be young, rich and famous, a sight to behold, movie stars are magic with legends of gold. Spend my life. 